To the very first inaugural episode of Spider Bites, the podcast from Spider Oak. I'm your host, Adam Turvitt. I'm excited today to uh, introduce you to our podcast, give you a little introduction on why we decided to do this, and then, of course, uh, introduce you to our very first special guest. So, uh, we live in a world where security is increasingly important and privacy is increasingly scarce. Sometimes it can feel like security and privacy fall into uh, two types of discussions. There are many people who either don't care or have given up because they feel like security and privacy are too hard to achieve. The other camp are the people who think the sky is falling, everything is terrible, and while on occasion that may be true, it generally isn't. There are a lot of people in the middle, people who care deeply about these subjects and who want to make a difference, who take steps in their personal and professional lives to enhance their security and their privacy. And we want to give them a voice. Now, at Spider Oak, there are many people like this internally. Uh, In my seven years here, I have learned a ton from our engineers, from our CTO, Jonathan Moore, and from today's guest, uh, Dave Parra, who is our CEO. I wanted to give people like them an opportunity to talk to you about security and privacy, not necessarily from the perspective of we're a company who sells software that you might want to use, but from the perspective of what do you as a person do to address these problems. So that's what we're going to do on Spider Bytes. We are going to feature different people from all over who are interested in security and privacy and who would like to talk about the things that they do. Hopefully, through this process, all of us can learn a little bit more, uh, picking up a tidbit here or a new practice there, a tool that we can integrate into our workflows or a system that we can implement that will help keep us just a little bit more safe online. And through this, we'll all be able to increase our security and privacy, both digitally and in the real world. With no further ado, I would like to introduce you to Dave Para who is the CEO of Spider Oak, after this message. This podcast is sponsored by Spider Oak. At Spider Oak, we believe security is important, and it's our mission to secure the world's data. From secure data compartments for collaboration and data storage, to protecting your backups with end-to-end encryption, or even protecting communications in space, we want to be part of your plan to protect your most important data. Learn more at spiderhook.com. So today I am very excited to introduce Dave Para, who is the CEO of Spider Oak and has graciously agreed to come on the show and be my first guest. Hi, Dave. Uh, thanks, Adam. So uh, why don't you introduce yourself, tell everybody a little bit about you and, you know, interesting things they may not know about the Spider Oak CEO. Huh. Yeah, talking about myself is my least favorite thing to do. So thanks, uh, first of all, for having me. Uh, 
I promise that I'm going to be channeling, you know, Dave Pira, the man, the 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 U.S. citizen, the individual, not the CEO of Spider Oak here. So I'll do my best. Uh, you know, as early as I can remember, I was interested in computers and just wanted to be a programmer and a computer engineer. And I was very blessed to to be able to do that. I ended up going to U of I, uh, that's Illinois, Champaign-Urbana, getting a computer engineering degree, ended up working for a number of you know companies as a hardware and software engineer, and ended up going back to school, uh, grad school at MIT. I was really unclear whether I wanted to kind of stick with hardcore engineering or I wanted to go in public policy or kind of go into business. So I kind of hedged my bets and ended up getting two degrees there because I didn't know what I wanted to be when I quote unquote grew up. And to some degree, Adam, I don't know if I have grown up, but here we are 30 years later. Ended up uh, being in, you know, taking on roles mostly in the commercial sector, yeah, healthcare, advertising, uh, but usually on the technical side, just uh, being a, a chief technology officer, chief product officer, really wanted to try my hand at being a CEO. And I was really blessed to have an opportunity to help run an open source company that had been around for a while and was looking to take it to the next level. And that was my real first taste of what it means to run a, a company. And I've had the opportunity to do it again here at Spider Oak. So that's, that's a little bit of my background. Well, uh, I know talking about yourself, I don't think anybody really likes that very much. And you'll notice none of these questions are directed at me. They're all directed at you. Exactly. Yeah. Well played. <laughs> so tell us, uh, you know, what, what's a tidbit that most people don't know about you? Yeah, because I uh, definitely not one of those people who live out loud. We could just check out my Facebook feed. I honestly wouldn't even know how to log into Facebook. I think I have an account, <laughs> but I'm not even sure how how to operate it anymore. And I, the only thing I post the LinkedIn is you know what people tell me to post. You know, uh, so uh, you know I'm really into obstacle course racing uh, or what people call like mud runs. So I started. You know, like eight years ago, uh, once a year, I would make sure to do either a Spartan race or a Tough Mudder race. And I've been upping the distances since then. I've gotten up to what they call a beast, which is like a half marathon. And I got one in almost exactly 30 days from now. I'll be running one uh, Spartan beast in Attica, Indiana. And I'm trying to step up my training runs and and workouts so I will equip myself honorably. The goal is always to finish. uh, And I have a good record so far. So that's, that's kind of a big thing I like to do. And since COVID happened, Last year, they canceled most of those events. So it's been a couple of years since I've done it. So looking forward to it. So if any of you listening are going to be at the Spartan Beast Run in Attica, Indiana, look out for uh, Dave Para. Yeah, I'll try to wear a headband or something uh, <laughs> from Spider Oak. I'll be handing out swag by the food tent. No, hi. <laughs> Well, Dave, you know, one of the things we like to do on this podcast is just talk about security and privacy concerns. So for you, what are the what are the things that you think about, again, as an individual, not the, well, it could be as a CEO, too, but 
What are the things that you're thinking about as far as security and privacy problems and concerns and the tools and strategies used to try and address those? Mm. You know, I have to say for, if I just roll back the clock, uh, when I was more of like a CTO, not the CEO, my biggest concern as a person representing the company, cybersecurity was pretty far down the list, if I have to be honest, or something I didn't really throw myself into with a great degree of enthusiasm because, you know, they're paying me and my team to make stuff that does things. Mm -hmm. And security is really like, and there's a bunch of assholes out there trying to to ruin (laughs) our day. And I have to account for them too, right? So for us, cybersecurity was like, how little could we do to avoid being embarrassed or inconvenienced? Honestly, because, you know, we weren't building things. People's lives weren't depending on us. And existentially threats to the business were more like, could someone hold us ransom for a couple of days or could they take it down? And would you know, how would fast could we respond to that? And that happens, you know, I'm not going to go into specifics, but there were definitely times where we were taken down or we were inconvenienced, but you know, it's just a small blip in the life, the lifetime of working, you know, at a company. Right. So to me, it was some BS thing uh, we just had to check a box on. And I wanted to spend as little. And frankly, we just didn't have a lot to spend on it, right? Um, on a personal level, though, I've always been the kind of person who's, I'm pretty private. So like I mentioned earlier, I, I'm not on Facebook, really. And I try to keep a really small footprint uh, online because I feel like my information is just getting sucked into every place and everywhere. I, even when I'm just filling out stupid like checkout forms for buying products, mm-hmm. like and they ask me my phone number, I, my reaction, to be honest, is like, how dare you? Why, why do you need my phone number? I've even just set up like a Magic Jack phone, like honeypot phone number, you know, for when I buy things online and I get the craziest phone calls, you know, that just go straight to my email. Um, so I'm a pretty private person and I don't like to use tools. So, you know, I'll even go out of my way to host my own email server, uh, which is just my last name.com because I don't want people to have casual access to every message I've ever written. Right. I don't even like to text people using insecure, you know, tools, just knowing that the carriers can sell that information. And it's not even a matter of like, I'm that interesting or people are trying to get after me. I just think that I would just be the collateral damage of a larger hack, right? Like T-Mobile just got, what was it? 30 million. I don't know. 30 million. You can't even account these things like 30 million accounts at T-Mobile were compromised. I'm like, yeah, that's just, that's just Tuesday, you know? So I, I just try to keep a little footprint. So I try to, my, my primary means of protecting myself is to having the smallest possible online presence slash using tools that I have the most degree of control over. Um, I wouldn't even say like I was on the extreme end of that before I joined the company. So this is something that's kind of been my MO for the long time because I just don't trust what people can or can't do with my info. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know I, I definitely fall on that end of the spectrum too. So 
there's really two different areas to explore then. You know, since you're not on very much social media, what do you do to make up for it? Do you have a, a compensating mechanism when, uh, you know, people in the neighborhood are like, I never see you on next door. <laughs> <laughs> it's email mostly. <laughs> yeah. The neighborhood uh, email group. And we don't talk about sensitive things. Uh, no. So when I talk to my friends, you know, I'll just end up calling them on the carrier line. Like I'm not using secure messaging tools, uh, Typically, you know, when I'm just talking with friends and family, I do rely on good old fashioned phone calls and meeting people in person. That's kind of my style. So I don't really feel like I'm missing out on it. It's not like, oh, I would love to be, you know, on these networks. I I frankly feel like they would be an intrusion upon my time. So my compensating controls are really direct one-to-one communications, or when I do group communication, I keep it pretty succinct and minimal. Like uh, I'll find a way to like take the conversation offline, or I'll just share very little information in, in the first place. But you have to understand, social media by design is meant to be a collective experience. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, some tools and conversations aren't appropriate for that. Like I, I would no longer, I would no sooner have a private discussion out loud in front of a group of strangers online than I would do it in a room, you know, in a crowded room. So I kind of, I've taken the physical world and modeled it online. So to the extent that I'll use Facebook, I'll use it as an, a, the replacement for the yellow pages. Like, oh, that's that person. I couldn't find their website. They're only on Facebook. Oh, I have their email. Now I can have an appropriate conversation. Yeah. yeah. So that's my compensating control. So how about the other side? In those instances where you do use tools, are there any that you particularly rely on or, you know, use because you feel like they help you meet those goals? Yeah. So, you know, I I do use our tools uh, in a business context because, you know, we just like any company, there's nothing magical about Spider Oak and our business. Yeah, we make secure software. That's our business. But, you know, like any other business, we have human resources, you know, in payroll information. And we have, you know, performance in salary info. And we have, conversations that we wouldn't want the IT team to be privy to. And we have information that would be devastating to our company if it were just casually, you know, made available publicly. So we use our, we eat our own dog food. We use our own tools to run to run the day-to-day conversations of the company. Right. Um, On a personal level, yeah, Signal is pretty great. When I want to have a one-to-one conversation with someone or I want to share info, uh, like of a text nature, you know, Signal is great. You know, if I'm trying to do it for a group of people over a long period of time and collaborating on a document, well, that's not what it was built for. So I'm not really going to criticize Signal for being bad at that. That's not what they're optimizing for. But, you know, then I would move to some of the tools that we have, you know, to do something like that. But you have to understand on my personal life, you know, email is the primary means of communication. And the fact that I'm hosting my own server and my own email domain gives me a modest level 
of comfort and the fact that I use multiple email addresses gives me, whether it's a false sense of security or not, it gives me the feeling like at least I'm compartmentalizing the information so that if any one account were compromised, then, well, you know, it would only be slightly devastating. So that that's kind of how I use these tools. That's interesting. Well, Dave, thanks for taking the time to to chat today and, and for the, you know, the insights you've shared. I did not peg you as a guy who ran his own email server. That is not for the uh, faint of heart. There's yeah, and I do it terribly. Yeah. <laughs> and all the ops people in the world are going, so do we. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You didn't let me uh, tell you my quotes. I thought that was like the big payoff for me to be on this thing. Yeah, that's where we we're going. So what, what's oh, the favorite Oh, sorry. Quote sorry. Show? I ruined it. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my favorite quotes is by the greatest president that we've ever had. Yes, I am talking about Calvin Coolidge. I uh, actually know nothing about him as a president. He's probably one of the worst ones as far as I don't know anything about Calvin Coolidge, except that. He had this amazing quote about persistence. And I will read it here because I certainly have been memorized it. Said, nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. <laughs> persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. So, and I... I quote this a more abbreviated form of it to my kids all the time because, you know, you're born maybe with a certain level of intelligence or you're born into opportunities or you have a good work network or you don't or you go to a great school or you have good luck or I mean, listen, the one thing you can control is how much effort you're going to put into something. You know, there's not a lot you can do to control the luck or the education or where you're born into, but it's one of the few things you can control. Yeah. And yeah, I, th- I think the, no more true than, you know, this role at Spider Oak where it's hard. We're a, we're a small business. There's nothing easy about making exquisitely secure software for a world that largely doesn't care that much to be honest you know there's a large part i don't want to say no one cares but you know people care to a degree so when you're the best at something that people are okay with mediocre it's a tough business and you know we are always trying to find can we make the products better can we improve the messaging what do we call the things that we do how do we bring in the best people I mean, a lot of what we do every day, Adam, as you know, is just being persistent Mm -hmm. and then maybe a little luck and timing and a little bit of smarts will get us there. But really, I wake up thinking about how can we increase our chances of success? And I go to bed thinking about that. And that's the quote that kind of keeps me going, especially in those days when, you know, our hit percentage aren't as, isn't as high as I want it to be, because it's the one thing you can't control. And it gives me the feeling that we can't control it. That's great. Thank you. You've redeemed Calvin Coolidge just a little bit for me. <laughs> well, was he, uh, thanks again. Was he terrible at everything else? I'm just curious. Was he like yeah. worst president ever? He, pretty much. Bottom five. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I think Franklin Pierce was probably worse, but uh, yeah. 
not not uh, not someone you generally study for presidential wisdom. <laughs> hmm. Did he cause the the Great Depression? <laughs> uh, he he certainly helped it along. <laughs> oh, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. With with that fun transition, uh, thanks again, Dave, for for being with us today and and for talking with us. Oh, thank you. And and this is you know your baby and your idea in terms of like doing this. So I'm interested to see the uh, the folks from the community that come on board and have many more interesting things to say. So thanks for putting this together. And with that, uh, we'll have new episodes coming out soon with other members of the community. So I hope you look forward to that. Some things are best kept secret. You wouldn't send your company's financial data through snail mail on a postcard. So why would you use insecure digital collaboration tools? Introducing Crossclave, a file sharing and collaboration solution built with security in mind from the first byte. It's like Signal for Business. Crossclave uses distributed ledger technology in end-to-end encryption to deliver a true zero-trust system designed to protect you and your business's most valuable data. When you need to share or collaborate on your most sensitive information, SpiderOak's Crossclave is your only choice. Go to spideroak.com slash podcast to get started with a free account. No credit card required. Thanks again for listening to our very first episode. For all of us here at Spider Oak, I'm Adam Turvitt. We hope you enjoyed this. Subscribe to hear more episodes wherever it is that you procure your podcasts from. If you're interested in joining us as a guest on Spider Bites, send me an email at podcast at spideroak-inc.com. Special thanks today go to our lawyers, Dewey Cheatham and Howe, the Staff Weekend Excursion Planner, Deepak Too Much, and our Anchor Management Coach, Kirsten Hollard. Of course, to the Immortal Click and Clack and their extensive staff. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>